0: Alright, what's crack-a-lackin' you guys? I just wanted to let you know, just a reminder, this is the last weekly podcast of this season. So uh, we are going to start a new season, but it's going to be every, excuse me, I'm a little sick too, every three weeks starting this Thursday. And by the way, happy 4th of July to everybody out there. Thank you to all the past, present military men and women serving our for our country and who served for our country and who also obviously made the ultimate sacrifice. Happy 4th of July to everybody. Remember, freedom isn't free. Um, so we got two announcements here. So some news. Kiko's event, glue polling event. That's July 11th and 12th. And you should check it out. You can go to their main website, Kikotabs.com. I'm not sure if they have it listed there. You can go to their Facebook po- uh, uh, link, which I will I will post both underneath this uh, podcast. If you've never been to my podcast, you can visit DentTimePDR.com. I stopped actually posting uh, it on my YouTube channel. It's kind of confusing people. So I'm, I'm just going to have you guys go directly to the website. So just go there. Uh, They are having an event, and the news is I was supposed to attend the event. Well, some big opportunity came up for me, and um, unfortunately, I will not be able to make that, that, that seminar, which I really, really wanted to be at. So I apologize for anybody who was looking forward to meeting me there, and I was as well meeting you back, but I will not be attending. I will... Hopefully, be there for a future one uh, sometime soon. So, again, that's July 11th and 12th, and it's going to be in Oklahoma at Kiko's facility. So, I hope you guys can still make that, and and I know you'll learn a lot. Meanwhile, Mega Media Event 4.0, we are opening the tickets now. So, if it's not up now, it'll be up very soon. DentTrainerMedia.com DentTrainerMedia.com We are going to have limited people who, who can attend So I wouldn't wait This is going to happen once a year This is the year that's going to be awesome October 17th through the 19th At Cole Fox's place in Greeley, Colorado It's going to be awesome It's going to be We're going to kill it You're going to crush it afterwards You're going to have some photos Some videos you're going to love it. It's it's probably one of the best seminars you can you can attend and I'm not saying it because I'm doing it. I'm telling you this is something if if I was a new tech or an old tech, I'm coming to this one because this is going to help me right away and I can put my put stuff to use regardless. So, media's photos, content, secret stuff to help you boost your identity and your brand. This is what you definitely want to come to. All right? DentTrainermedia.com. So I, I contacted Keith Constantino about a couple of weeks ago and I said, do you want to be on the 50th anniversary of my podcast? He said, absolutely. I said, great. So I'm going to ask him some questions. I'm sure you're wondering what the heck's happening with PDR College. What's going on with him? You know, um, are they still going to do PDR College? Uh, ask those questions along with what would he do if he had to start from ground zero as a new PDR tech. And to be honest with you, it has nothing to do with you being a new or old PDR tech. It kind of kind of makes you kind of like size yourself up as your company. Are you? Do you really want to be the, go this route? Do you want to go that route? What about employees? What about growing your business? Um, some decisions you're going to make. Are you really running the business, or are you? uh have a job. So this always pertains to life and your decisions and I think this is a great l- sit in podcast. So I couldn't be happier to actually uh let you guys listen to this one for the finale of the weekly PDR podcast, the Dent Time PDR podcast. And then I'll be starting every 3 weeks from this 4th of July. So every thir- every Thursday every third week. Excuse me. Every third week on every Thursday, okay. And I'll make some noise about it so so you guys won't forget. You guys should be subscribing so when it does come out, you'll get notified that I have one. Uh, you can go to iTunes. You can go again. Go back to DentTimePDR.com, and I really appreciate you guys uh, listening and to all the people who who stuck with me and listening. I appreciate the listening. And the listeners and everybody who contributed to the success of Dent Time PDR. I'm not quitting. So you, you'd be surprised. We're going to give you some double the content, good stuff, okay? Uh, every three weeks. All right, so let's get into the interview with Keith. All right, we got Keith Costantino and Jude. Finally got you in on my own podcast here, Keith. I, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to do any introductory for you. I don't think you need one, but I, people, I'm sure they want to hear some of your spiff. Um, you have your own podcast. Uh, podcast called pdr college along with shane jacks well yep. first of all welcome welcome to the podcast
1: hey thanks for having me it's always a good time to hang out with you for a half an hour an hour and talk business
0: yeah that's what we want what's what we want to do this podcast this well this particular topic with keith is what would you do he put it good what would you do if you had to start pdr all over from ground zero what would you do different all right. And I'm the kind of guy, Keith, I get right into business. But before that, I, wanted, I want a little bit of background about you, dude. So, okay. All right.
1: Yeah. Uh, a lot of people know me, but a lot of people don't. Yeah, I've been mixing it up with some hail guys lately, and I've met a couple dudes that have been doing this 25 years. They have no idea who I am, what I do, that there's been a podcast, but they do use my tabs. <laughs> so uh, you may not know about me, but you may know about me on accident. So uh, I'm a PDR technician, this is what got me to the point I am at today, but I, I really don't identify as a PDR technician primarily anymore because I'm doing so many different things, Mike. But uh, currently, right now, where I am is I've got a service business locally in the Sacramento area. I've got five uh, full-time contractors there carrying the flag for my brand, which is amazing. I've got the PDR College podcast, which Shane Jackson and I have done for uh, coming up on five years now, if you can believe that, Mike. Wow. I've got like almost 300 episodes of the podcast. Off of the podcast, we've run the Advanced Skills Seminar, which you've presented at a couple of times uh, over the years. And I I am the founder and owner of Black Plague PDR Tools, so we make tabs and we make the Tabwell brand glue uh, to go along with those.
0: What's that that URL?
1: Blackplaguepdr.com or... Deadrattabs.com. I remember
0: that one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, or Tabwell.com for the glue. But um yeah, there's all kinds of little things that that I like to poke my head into. But those are the those are the main parts of my business.
0: Awesome. Well, listen, the reason I brought you on here, okay, i was thinking about okay, what guests could I bring in? Uh, just to give you my audience to let you guys know this is the last final weekly podcast until otherwise, but it will be every three weeks I'm going to release a podcast. But Keith, I am thankful that you are able to make it on my 50th podcast, nothing compared to your 300 plus episodes, <laughs> but um, you know, I congratulations on it, man. I, I know you've been busy. I know it's a lot of hard work to to do a podcast. That's one of the reasons why I'm kind of backing off on mine. Um, like you said, we had a conversation just before we, we got on here. It's like, we enjoy doing it. It's just, it, it takes time to do these things right. And it still takes time period. Right.
1: It takes a lot of time. And Mike, you're more of a perfectionist than I am when it comes to your, uh, media, your video, your audio is always super tight. So, and my stuff is not, I, I, I'm kind of like content over quality, a lot of the time because early on in the podcast we would we I would do a ton of editing to try to tighten it all up and make it sound professional and I'm not that good at it that's not my unique ability so even after I was done it sounded bad it sounded better than when I started but it still <laughs> sounded bad and it just wasn't worth my time to, to do that and I experimented over the years of trying to get people to edit for me and it just never worked out the way I wanted it to uh, in the long run but I can imagine, even with your skills, how much time you probably put into your post stuff, and it, it'll just chew you up. And podcasting is easy to edit compared to compared to video editing. I mean, that's a monster, and your stuff, your videos are always dialed in man so i i don't know how you find time to do all that stuff poor mary you're stuck in that room all night every night uh, believe
0: it? me i hear it that's probably one of the reasons why i gotta back <laughs> off a little bit so you know um it, it's not all it's not all cherries a, or like a roses in a garden shall i say um, there, it is it is takes a little bit of work to do but that, enough said about that though keith but we, i brought you on this podcast because i wanted to pick your brain and i i don't know if this Topic has been brought up, I think, maybe briefly here and there. I don't know if you've covered this topic, but what is it like to, if you had to start all over, Is what would you do different from ground zero? And we want to talk about as far as the training, maybe tools, and obviously the business aspect. What would you do on that part? So
1: So I'm going to suck you, the listener, a little bit away from the tools and the training. We'll come back to that in a second, Mike. But uh, I've given this analogy on our show before, and that is with regards to your business, because that's the only reason you get tools and training, right, is to make money. And if there's a better way to make money, you would probably want to do that no matter what business you're talking about, right? So the tools and the training are are a means to an end. So what we talk about is knowing what you're trying to build before you set out to build it. And it's not always something you can answer because sometimes you evolve in your journey. But you don't go to Lowe's and just start loading up the cart with stuff and then come home and dump it out and then try to figure out what you can make out of it. You know, you, you go with a plan. This is what I'm building and you need these specific components to make it happen. So before you ever get trained, before you ever buy a tool, what is the purpose of this endeavor, right? What are you trying to do? Some guys have already had a fulfilling career and they want kind of a retirement business where they know they're never going to hire anyone they're going to work by themselves. Maybe they work 20 to 40 hours a week, and that's going to be it. They're going to ride off to the sunset. Okay, if that's the plan, then we have a very specific set of things we need to do to make that happen. But if you're a young guy and you're starting out, you have an opportunity to build an entire business, much like mine or yours or even something 10 times bigger. You know, There's a lot of guys with bigger companies than you and I. Um, but if, if you know that's what you're trying to build – then you need to take a completely different path than somebody who's going to stay owner operator. And neither one is right or wrong, Mike. It's just like, they're, they're just different apples and oranges. So you can't talk about tools and training and how you start unless you know where you're trying to end
0: up. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. That's, I, I was thinking about this question about you and into myself and that's what brought it up. And there's a lot of different things I would change, you know, going about it. And I think, Obviously, having a technically a business plan like you're mentioning right now is the way to go. That's why I think students who come into training, the people who are pre- more prepared about what they want to do instead of trying to concentrate on just the dents, they're already seeing themselves successful, already planting the seeds. And I think mm-hmm. that's what this is about, too.
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, some of this stuff you can't answer until you make some progress. Take, I'm, I, I personally am a great example of this. The stuff that I leveled up into would never have existed had I not started as a technician. right? I would never have known about tabs. I would never have known about them well enough to be able to create new ones without first being in the trenches for 15 years and, and trying and failing at certain things. I never would have been able to offer any value on a podcast without first living it and going through it. So you can't always know. Like they talk about, I never like business plans, Mike, because it feels like they're kind of useless. But everyone says they are useless in the end, but in the beginning they make you go through a lot of tough questions in a a line of thinking that puts you in a a mindset for success. Like most successful companies don't follow the business plan, but they all have the business plan as an exercise of thinking. So they do have value from that standpoint. uh, But everyone agrees that once you're rolling – you got to be ready to move on the fly and seize opportunities as they come up, but you got to be looking for them too.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, how how would you how would you start your business plan, or what would you do right now? I mean, you, you're you're going you're going and you're getting prepared to go to PDR or school or whatever. And we're not talking about training. You can talk about all right, what are you doing on the side to determine that this is the right fit for you, and then what you, what what do you think the best success path would be?
1: So, are we talking about for just some?
0: Uh, let's skip the training. Activity? Let's skip the training, and let's skip. We're talking time. about
1: me personally because yeah. that's the only thing right. I'm an expert on. Exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, for me personally, like in the in the pursuit of success, the definition of success has changed over the years. You know, I went from being single to being married to being married with kids. Everything is changing, and as your kids get older, it changes for you, right? But As of today right now success to me means options and and resources right so it doesn't necessarily mean a billion dollars or any kind of a dollar figure it just means I have access to resources and I have options with my time and with those resources so Success means I can choose what I do for work today and how I do it. and I can choose when I do it and where I do it. And I I haven't quite gotten to that level. I'm getting close, Mike, but uh, not 100% where I want to be yet. Side note, I don't think any entrepreneur is ever satisfied with where they are. You always want to take it to the next level. And I'm cool with that. But to me, that's what success is, right? So what I would do differently is, is a lot of things. Because as I started PDR, like a lot of us, we are kind of snipers, right? We're like, drop us off in the middle of the forest by ourselves with our stuff and we'll get it done and we'll get out and nobody will see us. And we kind of pride ourselves on being the guy who rolls into the situation, into a building full of 200 people that say, you can't do something and you get there and you do it and you get your money and you get out, right? And we're kind of like, hey, we're the guy, we're the man. And that feels good and it carries you a long ways because everyone's telling you how great you are. Uh, but at the end of the day, you're a slave to those tools and you're a slave to that situation. And I'm not to say it's a bad situation. So maybe slave is the wrong term, but you're tied to those scenarios and that's the only way you're making money. If you're not at work holding tools, you're not making money. Even though it's great money, You know, it can be amazing money. We're truly blessed to be able to make the living that we make with the minimal amount of training that is really needed to get into this field. I mean, there's people that go to school for 10 years uh, and become doctors that don't make some of the money that some of us are able to make fixing <laughs> painted metal panels.
0: Are you implying <laughs> though, like if I'm reading you right? and So you're saying, are you are you saying create other avenues of business? Why why you're doing this, or set yourself up to create a system so you don't have to be the tool, the guy pushing the the tool?
1: If for, for me, right, success is options. So what I was taking my long-winded road to get to is that. I would have earlier on in my career concentrated on building a team versus enjoying that stardom of being the man and being, you know, taking an element of pride in the fact that I don't have any marketing because I don't need any and I don't have a website because I don't need one, you know, not building a business, just enjoying being the busy man. That That's not where it's at for me because ultimately, I don't want to be the busy man when I have four little kids, 12 years old and under. I want to be hanging around with my kids, teaching them lessons and enjoying them. So, I want to have options about where my where my workday is spent, and I have that now with a team. But I if I could do this all over again, I would have gotten to building that team a long time ago. A long time ago. And we can get into the nuances of building a team. You've you've built Uh, a team there, but more dynamic than mine too. You've got a couple of different trades going. So I'm sure you've got some insight that I don't have. Uh, But that's the number one thing that I would do different for me. Start working on empowering other people to help run your company and not, and, and, and sacrifice a little bit of that glory that you get by being the man.
0: Yeah. And I think you're, you're right. And I think other people think that way. And I also, they also think that, well, I'm a, they get that fear factor. Well, that guy's not going to do a good job as me and he, and mm-hmm. the people aren't going to like him as well as they like me and, and they, they can't let go. Right. I mean, that's, they're locked to themselves and they're thinking, wouldn't you agree?
1: Yeah. I could talk a lot about that because I used to think the same thing and Mike, I, it's, it's actually true. Nobody is going to do as good a job as Mike Toledo when the dent time truck rolls up. They're not because it's your company. You started it. Your, your name is on it. Your, those reviews are, they're yours. Nobody is going to do the job you do, but that's okay. Here's here's one of the big epiphanies I had, Mike, you know, your reviews are really great. My reviews are really great. You, I know these things because you and I are pals and we've watched each other's companies grow over the years. We both have stellar reviews. Right. And we try really hard, more than average, to, to maintain that level of reputation and go over the top for customers. And the, the customer follow up is all there, all the stuff. Right. Yeah. So it feels like nobody can do the job Keith and Mike can do. But then I stepped back I, doing the PDR College podcast. You know, we meet a lot of guys from around the world, mostly in the US. And we, I looked for some of our shows and our exercises, we would look up random companies all over the country. And see what's going on in Chicken Lips, Arkansas. What's going on in D.C. You know, just look up dent repair there and see what the scenery is like. And guess what? There are dent, re- com- dent repair companies with five-star reviews all over the place, right? So, some dude that I'd never heard of in a town I'd never heard of in a—I I don't know anything about this world—might as well be on another planet. This guy is there doing the thing every day making people super happy, and I didn't have anything to do with it, right? Someone else trained him. I don't know what tools he uses, nothing. But those customers are five stars. They're super happy. They don't need me to be super happy. Somebody else can make customers super happy. I'm not Superman. It doesn't have to be me all the time. But but it felt like that for a long time. Like if I don't do everything, oh, uh, what's going to happen? Yeah. Uh, you just have to have people. You have to hire good people who have – common sense and who are just inside they're good people and trust them to make really good choices and get out of their way.
0: Yeah. They'll do it. Yeah, and a good personality in which it which usually hits off. I mean Keith, you can remember when you weren't that good, right? But you what? you were in the dealerships or well, you at the body shop.
1: I I was very good. <laughs> <in that video.
0: laughs> well, you didn't and look the reason why we probably made it how we made it, and this goes for everybody who sucked in the beginning, is that your personality carried you through that because yep. they liked you. You get a guy that is that is really good, but with a crappy attitude, I don't care. I've never seen a guy stay anywhere with a crappy attitude, and it know, didn't, they you're didn't care. right. They didn't care.
1: You're 100% right. We talk about this on our show, too, that uh, you know, you've know, you got that one account in your town. I don't care what town you're in. You've got the one account that has the worst dent guy, right? but they won't kick him out. Everybody has one. Why is it? Because the dude is good with people. They like him. He's their friend. He goes hunting with them, fishing with them. all the fill in the blank. His work is the worst. His prices, good or bad, doesn't matter. Everything is bad about the quality of the repairs. You come and you do the stuff that he can't or won't, but they still won't fire him because he's good with people.
0: Yep that's uh, nice that's what it's about that's why that's all you have to be i found that out long time ago and i was like what the heck man so yeah yeah
1: we can't fire jimmy man we just he's such a nice guy he's here all the time like i know look at your cars dude we're both here all the time
0: (laughs) yep so pay attention audience make sure that you your character is on point i mean make sure you're a good pr person tighten up those pr skills Um, do you
1: think you can change that mike if i mean if you're if if you're not a people person, you think you can turn into one?
0: I I do if you if you study it well if you want to if you want to, you know.
1: Man, I, I don't know. If you're not a people person, I can't see you. Well, define a people. <laughs> define
0: a people person. What do you mean? I mean, I, do, right. I I personally don't this. like I don't like dealing with with dealership like managers. I, that's not a people person to me. That's that's like dealing with a dragon or something like that. So
1: yeah. So a people person to me is someone that goes over and above to please others right i'll do whatever oh, okay. is extra yeah. to make other people happy you know that I mean, You know i don't mean like a chit chat person i mean somebody who's truly interested in providing the highest level of service or the best experience to to their customers you know you might say uh ah, once you get in the truck i hate that guy man he's so crappy but when he's complaining to you you go you know what I 100% understand what you're doing, what's what's happening here. I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to do that for you. You know, you're treating him right because you're worried about his experience, not your personal experience.
0: That's right. Yeah, no, I, guys, take- I did. If, now that you put it that way, Keith, no, I've never been that way. Uh, listen, here's the deal in my realm. You treat me with respect. I'll treat you with respect. And I'll actually be like, a, I'll, I will bend over once in a while when you need, need some help. But I'm not going to go out of my way to please you on on my account. So... that's that's how i would be that's how i still but
1: but no no but you're out of You're you're going bending over backwards for your your retail customers
0: oh yeah i mean
1: right until until proven otherwise you're assuming everyone is the best person on the planet
0: yeah 100 you have
1: you have to be i don't even i've never had you fix my car but the reviews you have you there's no way you could be treated no way you could get them without treating everybody like a superstar
0: that's right that's right you have to you have to make sure that you treat them special. You look them in the eye when you do get the opportunity and you talk on the phone with a smile on your face. And I guarantee it doesn't make a difference. 100. So listen, man, let's, let's talk about, do you have a shop or not? A sh- no shop.
1: Well, the, the building I'm currently sitting in is my new shop, but it is not in my hometown. I've had some hail, within driving distance of my house and I rolled into town and leased a building. And I now am the owner of a shop.
0: Well, wow, congratulations. Congratulations, man. Yeah.
1: It's a different, it's a different animal, Mike.
0: Now, would you have gotten the shop without the hail or you just no, kept mold? Not, e-
1: not even close. Yeah.
0: Do you, do you I, I, Go ahead.
1: I struggle with the shop quite a bit because I absolutely feel like it is the future of our business. Uh, it, Mobile is fantastic. Mobile is convenient for a lot of people. It's convenient for both sides. And it it enables you to be really competitive on the price because you have very low uh, overhead. But the level of um, technical expertise that the new cars are requiring for repairs as far as scanning and calibration and everything and the liability that's raising all the time – that's going to be really tough to service those customers properly on a mobile basis in the next five to 15 years. You're going to need a building.
0: Well, that's what I, that's what I'm, I was getting at too, is I probably would have got a shop a lot sooner than, than I did now. Of course that was, that has something to do with my wife and I, but we've been debating about that, but I think yeah. you're 100% right. I mean, I've, I, I I'm just going to say I, if you put your heart and soul and have a business plan, like you said, Keith, me, for me personally, I mean, I'm starting to see people come into the shop. Now it's like I'm concerned because I probably have to hire another tech just to have them mm-hmm. there at the shop. You know what I mean? Because yeah, again, I We're, don't want to be manning the shop the whole time. That's, 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 that's a, I'm a slave to my own, own, own business. And I don't want to do that.
1: That's the challenge, right? So right now, all my guys, this is for my specific situation. And, You know, I'm talking a lot about building a team and everything, but you're always fighting your own uh, head trash. You know, it's easy to say, it's easy to coach, it's harder to do, right? (laughs) It's easy to say, hey, here's what you do. You eat less food and exercise more and you lose weight, but it's hard to do that. So uh, I recognize that I'm not always consuming my own medicine when it comes to this kind of stuff. But my mindset with a shop is that to do a shop, you need the sharpest technician there all the time, and they have to be on point with their customer relationship skills and their dent repair skills. Not only that, they have to be there from 7:30 to 6:30 every single day, right? 5 at least 5 days a week. How do I take my fully uh productive Profitable and happy technicians who are in the field, who have the flexibility to do what they need to do with their families go home early or go catch a kid's school performance or whatever. How do I tell that technician, hey, what I need from you now is to sit in this shop every single day? You cannot leave, and uh, hopefully, we'll be busier than you were in a matter of months, but I can't promise it to you. That's a challenge, right? So what do what guys do? They go back themselves. The, the Keiths or the Mikes open the shop because they don't want to take their mobile guys out of the field. If they're, you know, if your mindset is, is technician first, let me make sure they're happy, and then they'll make sure I'm happy, which is kind of how I look at it. I'm sure that's how you look at it. Uh, you're not going to pull them out and make them do this. So then you go and sit there yourself, and now you're back to being uh, a slave to your company, even worse than before because now you have to be in this building. You can't leave. You can't run a shop and have crappy hours. Of, I'm here two hours on Tuesdays and three hours on Fridays. Nobody's going to come to that shop. That's a guaranteed one star review once a week. I promise you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, definitely wouldn't run that. I, what I, you know, here's something I, I'm contemplating. So I'm thinking about training a tech. Um, number one is because when you hire a veteran tech, he's going to expect a certain amount of money if he's mm-hmm. been if he's been already working. And it's hard to sustain that. Like you just said, you can't predict the future. You don't know what how fast it's going to grow, um, even though we have marketing skills. But it does take time. So as you're hiring or you train training a new tech, they have nothing to go by. You could pay them hourly at first and then start them a commission on based on, on what he does. So that's my idea. I don't know how you're going to think about doing it because I've been thinking about it a lot, Keith, and that's the only way I can homegrown my, my techs to do that. So.
1: Yep. And that's a great way to do it. And uh, my longest tenured technician was, is the only one in my team that I I trained from scratch. He's an amazing technician, but uh, it's a long road to get there. It's a long road. And that's one of your unique abilities, Mike, is training. Obviously, you've trained hundreds of people, if not thousands over the years. What is it? You know the number? No,
0: not thousands. I don't think thousands. I don't know, man. uh, Did you
1: count everybody on on, a dent trainer?
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh well, yeah. Okay. What I'm just what I'm trying to get at, Keith, is I think that's the that's the best way to go, man. I mean, you you got to homegrown them, and It it's from ground up if you're going to be having a shop because you don't want to take a tech away from from what he's already doing mobile wise, and it's going to be a complete change. Or you'd have to compensate him, it come out of your pocket, uh, right? To do that.
1: The other thing is, you're with with, with training someone, you're going to take control and set. Uh, the dent repair part is a very small part of the training for your company, right? Dent repair, that's one thing that anybody could train. And eventually if the guy's hungry enough, he'll figure it out whether you train him or I train him or somebody else. But, the the rest of your business, your, how you treat people, how you act, how you follow up, how you price, how you close, all that is specific to your company and you've got to train them. And you bring a guy in with his own experience, he's going to start running his own process yep. and disagreeing with yours. So a hundred percent agree with training somebody from scratch, uh, it, Ideally, from from my perspective, I, I would like my team to train these guys, not me. Yeah, that's the challenge. Is I'm, is it's very tough for me at this point in the game to put my head back into day to day PDR in and out all day every day. It it's it's very tough for me.
0: Yeah. Well, what are you going to be doing? Uh, why this shop is is growing? What what what's your what's your role now in this?
1: So. I like to, to draw back on inspiration from this quote from Richard Branson that I picked up somewhere along the way. Like someone asked him, you know, if you don't know who Richard Branson is, he runs, you know, multiple billion dollar companies worldwide. And someone said, you have all these companies. How do you do everything? And he said, well, first of all, I don't do anything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The
1: minute I'm doing something, I'm not running the businesses, right? I empower other people to do things. I put the right people in the right places and, and ask them the right questions and they do it. So I love that, that quote because it's inspiring to me, uh, not, just, not because I want to be a billionaire, but because I recognize that every time I'm doing something, I'm not doing anything else. Yeah, if, I'm, right. if I'm fixing a crushed fender, that's all I'm doing. I'm not building the pipeline for potential trainees. Right? I'm not looking at site locations. I'm not working on meeting with my marketing folks or doing my own marketing. Or I'm not doing anything except fixing that crushed fender. And it drives me crazy, Mike, because I see the bigger picture. Like fixing this one fender, I'm going to help one person today. That's it. But if I work on the business, I could help 100 people. I could help customers. I could help my technicians by keeping them busy. There's so much more I can do than when I'm stuck fixing one
0: dent. You you and I are on the same page. That's why I've been preaching throughout this podcast, man. If you don't have a system, you don't own a business, you own a job. I mean that's that's, right. that's exactly what we've been talking about. I th- you know, I'm sure you've read the same or heard the same audiobook I did, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And mm-hmm. that's In fact, stuck just, with me.
1: I've I've got my son up here working with me. It's the first time I've had him at work long term because it's summertime. I can snatch him up and he wants to buy some retarded price shoes, and I'm like, dude, because <laughs> he's earning money for the first time. I go, you, you, it's your money, but do me a favor, read this book, Rich Dad Poor Dad, before you go and blow all your money on on a toy. <laughs> you your money needs to start working for you. So I, that that book, and, and we were just talking about the book in the shop too. Like it, it's a uh, that book had a big impact on a lot of people. Did
0: not mm-hmm. it? Did. I mean, it's, it made me change my thinking over 10 years ago about where the vision I wanted to do.
1: Yeah. And, and listen, Mike, i not, I'm not taking anything away from a guy who wants to work by himself yeah. and do, do dance. That's an amazing and very fulfilling career. Like I have buddies who are in the corporate world who work super hard. And one of this, one of my buddies told me this specifically, this is his quote. He said, Keith, I worked really hard all day today. I had tons of meetings i did the, the best job that i that i knew how to do he said i have no idea what i did i don't know what I, I didn't do anything i just worked and nothing happened he said when you go to work you make people happy you can see right in front of you that you made something someone's life a little bit better then they told you how they told you how great you were and then they gave you money
0: it's like how <laughs> yeah. do i
1: beat how do i beat that
0: uh, yeah and you know we do why? have the greatest job in the world man uh, i mean and, and and you're right i don't i'm not knocking anybody who has a no as long as you have a plan right like hey man i'm gonna work my tail off i'm gonna sock it away or i'm gonna invest it or buy property whatever as long as you got a game plan an end game and then then it's all good you know what i mean
1: i'm not even hating on you mike if you want to just work and spend all your money on corvettes it's okay, right? Just know what just just be honest with yourself about what you're doing. Don't don't say I wish I had more success and then blow all your money and be stuck you know where you are. If you feel stuck, then you need to change something. but if you're super happy about what you're doing, go and kill it. I mean that's we I've got Shane and I have a mutual buddy who's a, a hail guy, but he's just enough of a hail guy that he could do whatever the heck he wants. So he's in Hawaii living with uh, whoever he wants to live with, doing whatever he wants for several months at the very at this very moment? Does he make a ton of money? No. Is he happy? Super happy. <laughs> he's doing whatever he wants like, right now. That's man. whatever. So, so, that He's so, living
0: the dream, right? I mean, he that's is. What you, you know. So
1: he might be, he's probably enjoying a higher level of success than I am and has nothing to do with money. It has to do with options. And he's got all the options right now.
0: Like, and some of this advice there, and this conversation that we're talking about and people are listening right now, It ain't too late, right? I mean, it ain't too late to do any of this. This Isn't just about if you were if you could roll back time. I mean, really, this is about what you can do still right now, new or veteran tech, right? Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So if so, for me, in a nutshell, that's what I would do. I would work on building my team sooner because I think we could be a lot bigger in in a lot more places. There's there's it's funny Mike you hear this probably more than anybody because of what you do for a living with the training but people talk about how oh there's so much competition right Mm -hmm. there's so much competition everywhere but you think it's I laugh every time I hear this in our industry because you want to talk about competition why don't you open a taco joint or a gas station like you don't talk to me about competition in major metro areas there's like three or four major players online like get out of here with competition There's zero competition as far as businesses go. And if you show up hardcore every day and try to keep all your promises and make everybody happy, then there almost truly is no competition. It's so easy to be at the top of this market.
0: That's what I say. I say, just do your job right, everything handles itself. Do your job and do it right, and everything will handle itself.
1: Yeah, don't don't cut corners on your repairs. Make treat that car like it's yours or your mom's. Do everything right. If you break something, go and own it. Don't try to hide it. Like just just make the right choices, and business grows by itself. So running my business the way I do, the way you do, the way you run yours, Mike. There's no reason that there couldn't be a dent time in every Western state. There's no reason there couldn't be a bullseye in every Western state or all fifty states, except that uh, I, I've. I haven't believed in myself that I can make it happen, but there's so many businesses that are doing well that they're good. They have good technicians, but the rest of the business is terrible. They're still and they're still cranking it out every day. If you run a, if you're trying to be great, the it, it's almost unlimited in the United States about what you could do with your business.
0: Absolutely. Now, do you do you own the building? Or are you renting it or leasing it? What are you doing? Right
1: leasing now? this building.
0: Are you planning to buy any property or? or uh, So the
1: reason I haven't done a shop in my hometown yet uh, is because I don't want to lease a building. I want to buy one because I will probably end up netting less money from the production of that shop versus the mobile business. I wouldn't shut down the mobile business, but – We're going to net less because of all – it's going to be a similar revenue stream but more expenses, right? So the only way I can justify that is that the building is buying – or the business is buying the building in the process.
0: That's what. That's the route I'm going. That's the route I'm going.
1: But I think you're the only person who uh, I probably couldn't complain about this to, but the property is expensive where I am. (laughs) Your property is more, but it's expensive. (laughs) And for the buildings that I like, it's over a million bucks. So – that has been a tough pill for me to swallow. Uh, it's just so many years of building businesses that have almost no debt to take on a million dollars in liability for the goal of being able to maybe sell it later. I don't know. It's it, and it's almost sometimes it's a vanity play. Like I want a building because it's cool. And it really, the only convincing argument I have for myself is. Uh, to future-proof the business, to stay ahead of the curve, and to be able to sell it at one point. Because yeah. trying to sell a mobile business is going to be a lot harder than selling a business with a storefront.
0: Yeah, with a brick and mortar. I agree. That's that's what I was looking at too as well. I mean, that, that's my options. Now, for people who are doing it like me, you could lease it and like yourself. You're leasing it. You, are you kind of in any way, shape, or form trying to get the feel of it, testing it? Obviously, you, you, you're going to have business for the purpose of opening it for your hail reasons right now, but right. after that settles, obviously you're gonna you're gonna be paying close attention to see how much business you can bring in there, right?
1: Yeah, it's been really it's been a really interesting experiment, Mike, because you know the hail money gave me the light the the license to open up a shop and goof around and and gauge the customer reactions. And uh, I'll tell you one lesson I learned up here is that. The signage on the building is huge. We had we have all this professional signage outside like any permanent shop would have. It looks really nice. The day we put it up, we started getting driving customers just pulling in and coming in and talking to us about door dings, about hail, about everything.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
1: And, and I think we probably spent five grand on the signage. But before that, nobody's dropping in. Just from driving. We had plenty of marketing channels that were bringing people in. The signs changed everything. So that was a big takeaway for me with building a building. And and I've always known that when you make a shop, it better be the nicest thing in the town. If you're trying to portray this image of we care about the details on your car – but you got a bunch of garbage stacked up, stacked up in the waiting room forget about it it better be spotless
0: i'm going to tell you now and i'm sure you've already had some people come in maybe you you know you i don't know how far along your shop is i saw some pictures congr- congratulations on there too keith Thanks. um but when they do and they, and if it's going to look as good as i think it is uh, based on what i saw customers step in my shop and they're they're like i've never i've never been to an auto repair place that's been so clean this mm-hmm. that's the fr- whether they fix their car, their car with me or not, I leave them with a great impression. And yep. right now they, they know that's the right place to go. It's generally, it, it's out of their budget, but they always say, man, this is a really clean shop. And like you said, man, that's, that's pride. Be that number one auto repair shop, regardless, all the way across the board. And I think, I think you, you said something that's really, really matters.
1: Now going on this theme of what would you do differently? Would you go back and open that shop from day one?
0: Yeah, I would. Yeah. Yeah, because I realize there's two customers, man, you have, man. There's the ones that are mobile people and then there's the ones that really want to come into your shop. And and on top of what you just said justifies exactly too, because you never know when you have to take a door off or to a or or you're working with an insurance company. Now it's much easier to work with an insurance company at the shop than it is. I, mobile and i
1: was going to ask you about that too i think that's a big one
0: yeah and that's and now your repairs go from two or three hundred dollars it used to be like that you know uh, for a mobile job it could be anywhere between 800 to uh, 1200 16 to higher than that i'm just saying on average over a thousand dollars okay i had a customer walk in the other day did it did a live video too broke it down showed people hey this is a 12 inch crease i got another crease here smaller crease 900 dollars Technically, it was two hours worth of work and Dunzo like Lorenzo. And I did the price guide and all that stuff, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: they probably wouldn't do that. I mean, you wouldn't get that opportunity to sell it like that if you're a mobile. It's, that I just don't didn't see it that way. And, and now that I'm much smarter and understand pricing, justification, all these things we've been learning through PDR College, through Paul Corden, and why can't you have a shop? Why, why wouldn't you want a shop? If that's your end game, if that's something that you want to build value and sell your business in the future, this is definitely something to consider doing. That's just my take on it.
1: Yeah, and you're not selling it if you're the only technician inside of it. <laughs> you better oh, yeah. have a team yeah. running, that, running that shop if you're going to sell it later. There's very few guys that have actually sold. We've had a couple on the podcast over the years. But it does happen. And it can be a substantial event. A, a substantial event for you if, if you if you have a decent business so it's a it's a definite option but there's a lot of uh um, a lot of head trash guys like us have about you know abandoning your team that you spent so many years building and 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 uh motivating and leading that to, to jump off and say all right i'm taking the money you guys are on your own it's tough but it's, it's part of the it's part of business and as long as you sell to somebody and you, you're careful about who you sell to it right? I don't think it can be a negative situation for your people.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, we need to keep tabs on Vince because Vince is, Vince is selling his thing. He's going to, you know, he's joining that Anson team. He's not, technically already did, but he's moving and he's selling his selling his shop in. Interesting. Selling, selling he's moving. Business.
1: Is he moved to Texas?
0: He's moving to Texas. Uh, when is he moving? Uh, a year from now, because it was when he got hired. It was a year and a half, or six months ago. And interesting. so he's waiting for his kid to finish junior high and then, uh, he's going to have his kids start high school over there.
1: So he's going to sell his business. Are you going to run a case study on him and share uh, all the details?
0: Well, I'd love, I, I want to see what, you know, cause he's, he's contemplating, he's in that position where he has a painter and, and then he, and then he's not sure if the painter's going to be able to, to buy his business. Now I might be saying TMI, I don't think so, but I mean, yeah. um, but on the other hand, he's he's going to hire a broker to see what he can get for the shop, and I hope he gets gets a good amount of it because he does quite well quite well to be honest with you. And no advertising doesn't even do any spending on advertising. So yeah,
1: he's one of those old school guys who's like, nope, it's just, I don't I'm proud that I don't need to spend any money on marketing, which is kind of a silly thing to say, right? It just means there's tons of potential that you you aren't fulfilling. Your machine's not big enough to to do the work it needs to do, you know. Yeah. yeah so there, there's a definite difference in in volume when you're marketing and when you're not. It's just a fact of life. You can you can do a lot on word of mouth, but you start throwing some money at at, at a good marketing program. Not just throwing money away, but uh, getting in front of the right people at the right times with the right message, and you you notice, right, yeah, Mike? When, it, you're, when you're when you're when you're when something happens and your ads turn off. You, you feel it before you know it's before you know what's happening.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wait I mean, a second.
1: Why, why are the funds? So, well, the so good old thing
0: do. is, you know, you, you, you can't make money if you don't spend money. Well, that's not all true, but how much more money did you, did you want to make or where you want that's to take right. your business? You know what I mean? That's right. Um, so what else, what else would you, would you do? Keith, can you add to this business decisions? I mean, like, uh, like hiring techs. Was, was there anything that you would do different?
1: Well, let, let me give you uh, just some, some wisdom that I've picked up along the way with regards to hiring technicians. It's, it's never going to feel like the right time to hire a technician. Yeah,
0: I get that. It's like having a baby, isn't it?
1: Correct. Uh, and, you know, My wife and I have had this debate over the years. I'm like, babe, I think we need to hire another guy. And she'd say, well, we don't have the work for another guy. And I would say, well, um, you can't do five guys' worth of work with four guys. there's never we're not if we're doing all the work it's not going to be enough for another guy because we're doing it all currently and we're not going to have work that doesn't get done (laughs) so a a bit of it has to be an intuition or a hunch mike that you you just feel like you know you can pick up some more work and and i would say if if everyone on your team is 90 to 100 percent busy you can support another technician
0: yep yep well that's how i that's how i grew my business keith is I had a, not let's say a hunch, but I knew if I didn't start training somebody to 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 kind of wean them in there, I knew I had to feed that person. It, it, it motivated me to to hustle even harder. To be honest with you, I mean, it it really did get me to to push uh, my my company and where it was because I knew I I was going to get there, and I and I didn't want to feel all right. It's time to hire tech when I was already behind the eight ball, you know?
1: Yeah. It's it's never going to feel right but you, you it's a step you have to take and it's going to suck a little bit. You have to go backwards a little bit before you can go forwards. Like you got to pack up the car and go to the gas station before you can hit the road. It's not going to feel like progress right the minute you you start moving, but but you will you will come out better than you did before provided you hire the right kind of person. So that's been a big learning um event for me, too, is, is hiring the right kind of people. Now, I've, I've lost some technicians throughout the years. Mike, I think you have, too. Uh, and sometimes it ends well, and sometimes it doesn't. But I can tell you personally that the few times that we've had to change the structure, meaning someone had to move on in their, in their journey without uh, our relationship anymore, I've always seen red flags early on before the person was even brought on the team that I chose to ignore because I like the people.
0: Uh
1: And there's a lot of things you need to do in business with your gut. You have to feel things, but I think your emotions can mislead you when you, when there's a need, when you need a person and you're searching and you find someone that'll do 80% of what you're looking for and you think you're going to fix the other 20%. It's not going to happen. That person that you bring on the team, they are exactly who they are the minute you meet them. There's there's going to be no personal development. There's going to be no whipping them into shape. None of that. You're not the army. And you don't run a boot camp. The guy that you hire is the guy that's going to be there for the duration. If they change for the better, it's a bonus, but you can't count on it. So So what you're
0: saying is, is is you can't change uh, spots on a leopard.
1: No, you cannot. You're going to get exactly who you bring, and that's it. So, I always see the best in people, and I see the opportunities. That's just my disposition. So, when I see someone, I think, you know what? Um, Pretty soon, we can get them to start doing this or stop doing that, and everything's going to be fantastic. But that's not the case. They're going to, they're going to be exactly who they are, and and. When your gut's telling you something's a little fishy, just get out. One of, I don't remember where this quote came from. It's some podcast somewhere, but the guy said, when it comes to hiring, there's two possible, uh, responses. It's, It's either hell yeah, or it's no. Nothing in the middle, right? You're either super stoked about it and there's no drawbacks or it's a no. And that's it. Everything in the middle is junk. So that's a lesson that I, I don't know if I'll ever learn it good enough, but I've learned it better now than I have in the past. That's for sure.
0: Now it's important. I mean, you, you're right. I mean, you you got to have that connection when you are interviewing or you, you think you're going to uh, bring that guy on your team. And plus, you got to think now that you have a bigger team, you got to see if, if there's a fit. Do you, do you let the, any of the other guys get a feel for him at all? Or is it just all your call?
1: I I do. My, uh, I send them out with my lead guy because he's the one that handles the day-to-day operations. So he needs to be able to be confident that he can communicate with them on an hourly basis and that they can understand each other. We've had people not make it past that stage because they're, they're nice people, but some people are just hard to communicate with for whatever reason. And and if you've got that problem right off the bat, that might be one you think you can fix, but you can't. Uh, That's my, that's, I guess that we've kind of un- uncovered one of my gems, Mike, is that you cannot fix people, you cannot change them. No, people generally don't change. No, I so. have been—I have been on a diet for—I'm 41. I've been on a diet for 39 years.
0: <laughs>
1: I look the same.
0: Is there anything you would do different about your training, In the beginning?
1: Yeah, yeah. So my training was kind of unique because uh, I started with a VHS tape and tool set from the Ding King.
0: VHS, man, shoot.
1: VHS, man. Damn, you're dude, old, a lot of your, A lot of your listeners don't even know what that is, dude.
0: VHS. I mean, not VHC, VHS, right?
1: <laughs> VHS tape. I wish I still had it, but if I did, I have no way to show it to you. You just have to take my word for it That's a video. <laughs> but uh, the video was uh, an absolute joke. In fact, one of the things – in the video, uh, they had you working on a hood for training, right? And one of the tips was – not even a tip, but like the method was drill a hole in the bracing so that you can hang an S-hook for leverage. <laughs> oh. So, If you can believe that. But check this out. Uh, I don't have everything bad to say about the Dinking because the tools, at least when, when I, I got agree. my set – I I know what
0: you're saying. Yep.
1: I'm still using them. 20 something years later, they're legit, they're stainless steel, they don't bend, break, the handles are still there. Like
0: the 90s tools, that's what I call them, dude. Back yeah, then. the 90D the King. D- D- I just have one shave tool they still have, dude, and it's freaking still great, it still holds up. I mean, that's yeah, when they actually made them, I think, in the states, but um, unfortunately, they, they no longer do that. It's
1: yeah, it's probably not the same, but but those tools were legit. The training wasn't so hot, but what it did do was get me far enough down the road to realize. Um, okay, I'm excited about this. I understand how it's supposed to be done now. And I think if you really are excited about PDR, you're going to figure it out with or without somebody's help. As long as somebody sets you down the path, you're going to get it. You know what? They, They can shorten that trip for you by a thousand times with good training. But if you are determined and excited and you're somewhat mechanical, you'll figure it out. It's not rocket science.
0: Yeah, uh,
1: but I wasn't figuring it out by myself. I understood the concept, but I didn't understand the fundamentals of it. Uh, so I was I was doing exactly what the video said, but I didn't understand the basics. So I wasn't able to go outside of that box and understand what I was doing wrong. Right, the video was limiting. But, but I had the tools, I had the concept. I got to the point where that I wasn't ruining the dents anymore, I just wasn't really getting them out. And then uh, at that point, I was kind of stumped and I was trying to figure out what to do about this. And I had a, a buddy of mine from high school was a lot porter at a Mercedes store, and they had a legit dent repair company, and he had made friends with the owner. He got me the guy's cell phone number. I called him every day for like six weeks until he finally relented and agreed to meet me, and then he ended up hiring me. They trained me, but really the training I got from them, they had 10 technicians at the time, and I rode with everybody. So I got to see...
0: You had a variety of training.
1: Yeah, I got to see the best technicians and what they did, and I saw the worst technicians and what they did. And I got to see the productive guys during the day and the non-productive guys during the day. So it was really like a uh, a full... uh, complement of of the business training where I could see this is what a good PDR tech does and this is what a terrible PDR tech or a lazy tech does. So I felt like it was like mixed martial arts training for me. I got to take a little bit from each one and put it in my arsenal and think, okay – I'm gonna do creases like this guy. I'm gonna do smashes like this guy, but I'm gonna walk the lot like this guy. And I'm, de- I'm not doing anything that this dude does. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, you're right. It is like mixed martial arts, man. You took you took a little of their dent foo style from the yeah know, the best of 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 each tech and and created your own style.
1: And uh, from there, that's at that point, I've been I was doing dance for a couple of years. I started to get I rose really quickly in that company to be what I would referred to as the best tech at the company. Some of the guys might disagree with me, but uh, I knew I was handling business. And I there was nobody that I wanted to come and save me if my dents weren't coming out, if that says anything, right? Like there's no, there wasn't a senior guy that could come and help me. I was the guy. So from there, I was still really excited about PDR. That's when you and I met because I was online trying to be better every single day. And that's where you were too. And we were—it's a kind of an elite group of maybe a hundred guys, I would guess, Mike, at that time, that were just bananas for PDR. Yeah. I wanted to do yeah. everything better than I did yesterday.
0: What site was that?
1: DoorDing.com. I got to give them all the credit. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't be sitting in this shop today if it were not for Ricky Bain and DoorDing.com. And, and I don't think he gets enough mentions these days. But Ricky was throwing down, not making any money doing it. it. wasn't about the money for Ricky. It was just about connecting dent repair guys and, and pushing the trade farther along. and they did
0: that. They did Ricky do that, did. and Ricky does deserve a hell of a lot of credit. He was one of the nicest guys. actually, I still see him here and there at the MTEs, but um, and it's still I checked it too. It's still going.
1: It sucks that we have to check it, that we're not, that we're not actually contributing. But, you know, things change and uh, you evolve and you, just what you have time for changes. I, I don't know how I ever had so much time to spend on a forum, but, man, I was nerding out on that thing, I mean, th- several times throughout the day. And now everyone's doing that with Facebook, which is great. There's a lot more noise in the message on Facebook than there was on DoorDing.com. We were there just to talk about dent repair. There was one section where you could talk about stuff other than dent repair. Yeah. But, but one of the things from those days, Mike, you're bringing me back to those, <laughs> those days, is the one thing that drove me crazy, and it was like the, the drive for me to start the PDR College uh, movement, was that the minute you talked about money on that site, ooh, they would all just shut you down oh yeah like smash you down and i was perplexed by that because i thought what is the point of all of this business if not to talk about how much money we can or can't make doing it like i didn't get in this to save the planet i want to make money and don't isn't that what everybody wants to do when they start a business but the minute i started talking about how much is this how much is that how what do you guys think about this oh that's you don't talk about money (laughs) And it was like this old school mentality that I just couldn't. I, I still don't understand, you know, what the mindset was there. I, I don't get it. They felt like everybody was watching. I, I don't know what it was because it was a membership site, but the but it but it drove me so crazy that that's kind of the torch that I Shane and I ran with with our podcast is let's talk about money. Let's talk about how we make more of it because that's what a business is. <laughs> i don't see what the problem uh, is i here. agree
0: i got blasted on there for certain topics too i mean it was just it was weird it, it was it was different uh, it got toward it got different more different at the end shall i say let's just put it that way yeah you
1: and know. everything does right everything does but i'll never i'll never bash the whole operation because it, it set me in motion to the to enjoy the success that i enjoy now i Absolutely. mean everything from from tabs to my best buddy shane jacks we met on like a, like a couple of uh, internet lovers. This is ridiculous. People are like, how did you two meet? I'm like, "Ah, uh, we met on an internet forum. (laughs) But but it's true. And then we met in person at Mobile Tech Expo and became pals. And now we've got a whole life tied up together in business. But uh, you got to put yourself out there. So that was part of my training, Mike. Because one thing to learn how to fix dance in your town with your trainer and to go and do it, but to put yourself out there, to go to the Mobile Tech Expo or anything like that, go to a mega media event, go to an advanced skills seminar, just get out there, get exposed to different styles, different disciplines and different people, make friends, everybody's friendly. You know, you can make friends with some dent repair guy from Uzbekistan in five minutes online now and, and share your style with his or hers or whatever. But you got to get out there and do it. And I, I think it's really easy now.
0: So Especially I was going to say, it, there's really no excuse to get better, you know, no matter if you're a new guy or a veteran. You can't go through P, this PDR career with, with blinders on. It's just, it, it's it's ignorant to do that and, and not wanting to get better. And not just PDR, but the whole business aspect and that part too. This is what I try to preach too. Uh, it's very hard to do that and not, it's very hard to, why I say hard? It's very easy, Keith, to overlook how important marketing is. You know what I mean? Marketing and, yourself and, and and running a business.
1: Yeah, I mean that's how I feel about it. I feel that you really need to get out there and meet a lot of people. But I will tell you that I don't know everything. Plenty of ways to be a great Dan guy. You don't have to network with people all over the world. Uh, earlier in the show, I alluded to having a couple of hail guys here that had never heard of me. They never heard of the PDR College. They never heard of Mike Toledo and Time. But you know what, Mikey? Their work is beautiful and fast and clean. They're great technicians. But you, you don't have to be online to figure everything out. But, but you'll figure it out faster, yep. and you'll get—you won't miss something. You won't get left behind. Hail guys are unique because they get exposed to new dent guys ten times a year. But if you're a local boy and you're in your market. You're not getting exposed to anything. <laughs> In fact, when you see another dent repair guy, you're probably like mean mugging him and driving away. Right? <laughs> so yeah, it's like it's like you,
0: seeing another vampire or something.
1: Man. Right. So if you're a local guy or gal, you better be trying to network with other people and see what they're doing and trade tips because you're gonna get better really fast. It's kind of uh, I'm interested to hear your take, Mike, on on is it easier for technicians to get really good now? Because I feel like it is. Uh, the guy the stuff that guys can do now in a year is blows my mind. Let
0: me tell you something Keith. I, I every time I train people, it, I I get blown away because and then people who, even people like the last two techs I had I was training, they were upset because they they thought they were going to be further along in their training.
1: <laughs> yeah, and there's there's still a lot of bad training out there, but do you know um one of the best technicians I know, probably one of the best you know is Bryce Kelly and you know where he started? I do. Dinking.
0: No, it was Right Look. No, no, he's dinking. He told me Right Look. Really? Is he making stuff up? No, I, I know it's Right Look because I know the instructor. His name's Mike, and he trained Everyone,
1: him. I think he's making up all these stories. The point is uh, he did not start at the at the most high-level, amazing training facility, right? He comes from within once you get to some point
0: i think you and yeah we need to call bryson like <laughs> <laughs> get that story straight
1: one of us is wrong
0: yeah. well it Bryce, doesn't I'm either way you're right but you know that bryce's level too and if this goes with anything that we're, we're saying it's the motivation you know it's the mindset because when i was talking to him a while ago when he was on one of my my youtube podcasts um he said, man, he thought that's how you that that's how PDR was done. You had to do hard dents like that. You know, that's and that's a mentality thing. That's the way he thought and he was thinking, imagine if everybody thought that, you know?
1: Right. Right. And he will not get off it until it's done. Yep. He'll stay and stay and stay. He's not particularly fast, but the cleanest work that I've ever seen. And I, I think not to take anything from his skill because it's obviously there. But I think what his superpower is patience. Yep. He will not leave and say, you know what, for what it was, that's really good, or, you know what, for what they're paying, they should be happy. That you'll never hear Bryce say that. He's just gonna fix it, the way it needs to be fixed.
0: Yep. And I'll, um, and look, he's setting the bar for people. Like and like that's another thing is watch other people do dents and if you know it, it can be done that that just makes you it puts you in your head to not walk away from a dent so easy or give up or try at least you know I mean? it
1: does but i can tell you actually there's it, it can do the, the the reverse too it's a fine line because if you're if you're trying to do a really great job and you are doing a really great job and then uh you start comparing yourself to these superstars all of a sudden you feel like you're, you're not doing such a great job anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm a really good technician, Mike. Like I I can do, I can hang with anybody um, when I'm pushing full time. Admittedly, now I'm probably a little soft around the edges because I'm not in the trenches every day. There's a definite um, sharpness of the sword that you maintain when you're pushing every day that I don't have anymore. But at my peak, uh, I felt like I was really, really good, but I'm no, um, kaz i'm no bryce right these guys are on another level and you start comparing yourself to everybody else and you feel like man maybe i'm not that great but just look at your customers are they super duper happy and are you happy with the work when you're done when you walk away is it flat is it pretty is there or is it do you, you you know when you're walking away and it's not flat you know i think you know i mean there's a dude online that i don't think he knows the dude puts up a lot of videos. I
0: don't even don't even I know exactly who you're talking about. And and it starts with what... PDR, right?
1: <laughs> I, and I think he's the nicest guy on the planet probably. Yeah. But I don't know if he knows when it's flat or not because i've never seen one flat from him but people still hire him so it kind of goes back to our early earlier discovery that you don't need to be good you just need to be nice
0: that's (laughs) what i told people yeah that's it's uh, that's what i said man if you're a good person character you're gonna you're gonna last you you people will put up with you until you actually get good and they you know that's that's what happens But if you
1: are nice and you're world class forget it it's over with it's open and shut like you, you 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 will be successful. Uh, and almost anybody can be good. I think that the the dude who will not be named probably just needs some better training because I feel like he has all the desire to be really good. His marketing game is on point or else you and I would not know about him. Yep. I think he just needs like a GoFundMe for some advanced training with Mike. <laughs>
0: Well, listen. Like I said, I think people should go around to different trainers as veteran techs and just pick their brain. You know, go for that's one or two days. That's the whole point.
1: Advanced Skills seminar. Yep. You know, and there's more than a few people that try to give Shane and I a hard time about putting it together. But I'm like, screw you guys, man. This is if you if you think that we're you know trying to milk the industry or do whatever whatever kind of uh, slander you want to put in there. I knew from my heart when I was putting those things together what I was trying to do, and that's put enough amazing people under one roof for a few days that everybody could come and learn something. I built the, I built the event that I wanted to attend myself.
0: Well, speaking of that topic, are you going to have another one?
1: You know what? I'm, I don't, right now we are not. Okay. Right now we are not. It is, as you know, putting on events is a lot of work and I'm not complaining about that. It's just the way, it's just a fact of the business. And after, I think we did four of them, uh, Man, it's it's it feels like more work every time. It should feel like less, but it felt like more every time. And longer, a longer period in the year, planning out the marketing and planning out the venue, and then having trouble getting the venue. There's just a lot to it, and. I kind of got burned out of it a little bit the last year if I'm being just blunt off
0: no, I can, so- I can hear you I, I tried to do two of them a year and I was like nope hold on timeout nope nope not not gonna happen dude. <laughs> something ain't right it's not the money anymore though honestly Keith you know what I mean it's it's a lot of stress though when you when you want to do something right it takes a lot of work a lot yeah
1: of- and, a, and a live event takes a lot of planning and and, and um just machinations before the thing actually goes off.
0: Well, just for the and, record, I mean you I I learned a lot when I was there, man. Twice. You know what I mean? Just just not just watching the Tex and Bryce and Sal and and even I mean, he did a great, fantastic job on, on yeah, that one. He's a savage. He's um, got Jean, Jean there. It was great. It was it was I like and I liked, you know what honestly? I like the smaller uh venue size, like with the people small amount of people because it felt more intimate. You know what I mean? It, just it did.
1: Like. It did. Uh, I think the challenge with us is that uh, after so many years, that the seminar seems the same. If you attend, you know it's not. But if you don't attend and you're just looking at it, or you attended once and then you're looking at the marketing, it, it seemed very much the same several years in a row. And there's only so many ways that we could change it up without totally flipping it on its head. And at the end of the day, I, I mean, I, I hate to say it like this, but it's the truth. Like. What we do is not that complicated. Dent repair is not that complicated, and running a dent repair company is even less complicated. That you may think there's a lot to it, but there really isn't. Like you and I have said, keep your promises, do more than the next guy, try to make everybody super happy, and try to do the put out the absolute best product you know how to put out. Yeah. And those are sort of like you know kind of talking head talking points. But it really is that simple. So when we're when we're teaching and coaching on how to run a better business, I can dice that same food up a hundred different ways and serve it to you. It's like Mexican food, right? I can make it into tacos. I can make it into burritos or tostadas. But guess what? And you look in the kitchen, there's only five ingredients in there. <laughs> there's meat, cheese, <laughs> tortillas. <laughs> like it's, you, you can make it in a hundred different uh, plates and call it something different. But at the end of the day, it's the same food. So I think that kind of shows. It started to show through after so many seminars. So maybe we revisit it in a year or two and bring it back out. But we, we you know, three hundred podcasts, running our online community, the, the seminars,
0: hailstorm news shop. I mean, yeah. I mean, how many? Lot, you, you don't. You don't got enough. On. You don't got enough irons in the fire. That's what you're telling me. No, about they okay. need more stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can hear that. Now, Keith, I. Anything you want to add to, to the end of this? Like any any last thoughts on this before we, we wrap it up?
1: I would go back to that original thought because it's one that I still uh, am honing for myself and that is before you paint your picture, what is it that you're painting? right don't why are you just on the canvas making lines and then deciding it kind of looks like a house so I'll make it into a house or are you or have you planned out exactly what you're painting? You got all your colors all the right brushes and then you go to work making your your masterpiece are you doing that with your business or not because if you're not you're gonna end up where the where the tide takes you and it's not always going to be a bad thing but if you know what you're building you can you can get there exponentially faster I mean I, I I have a networking group that I'm a part of that's for entrepreneurs and you see – I see these guys. I've been in it for a few years now and I've seen guys go from, from you know, 1 million to 150 million in a, in a matter of a year and a half because they have a laser-focused vision on what they're building. If They don't have to go to work and wonder, oh, what should we do today? Maybe we should check on our YouTube marketing. You know, they know exactly what they're building and they get to building a team very fast. And, and pushing towards that goal because they've already decided where it is. But if you haven't done that exercise, it's very hard to be successful if you don't know what the metric of success is. If you don't know what you're trying to get to, there's no way you're going to get to it. We like to quote Zig Ziglar a lot on our podcast, and one of his cool quotes is um, he's talking about. well he has a whole story, but the, the the quote is, "You can't hit a target that you cannot see." He talks about it, uh, an archer. He's like, "If I take the best archer in the world." And put a blindfold on him, you'll still be able to outshoot him because he, can't, you can't hit a target you can't see. Yeah. So if, if, until you put that target in front of yourself and, and are aiming at it, there's no way you
0: hit it. Um, so I if, I agree, Keith. I mean that's, what is it? Uh, there was what is that? Another one too is, listen, if you, uh, I don't know, t- basically. You're like a rocket with nowhere to go. I mean, you're you're gonna zigzag all over the place, man.
1: Yeah, with like no wings on it, just yeah. like s- swirling around the sky. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta aim that thing and put and put it on on the moon.
0: All right, well, I gotta wrap this up, man. I want to say thanks a lot, Keith, for for coming on, man. I really appreciate your knowledge, and and uh, it was a great, great podcast. And I think a lot of people are gonna enjoy this, and 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 it's been a pleasure to have you on, man. Thank you.
1: Yeah, it's my pleasure. Uh, if you guys haven't heard my show, hop over to pdrcollege.com and listen to the shows there. There's so many that sometimes it's hard to actually see the early episodes, like uh, in, in the iTunes uh, or the podcast, uh, the iOS podcast app. It won't even show the early episodes because there are too many of them. So you got to go look it on the website. But there's a ton of content there. If you're starting your business, uh, we've got a lot of stuff that tells you, that walks you through how to. Uh, set up your pricing and your marketing and your kind of mindset for all those things it's uh, really invaluable stuff and uh, along with all mike's content it, you could spend all day every day on podcasts and on Den trainer and your company would be an amazing success if you implemented a quarter of the information that you got from those two sources
0: well again i i want to say thanks a lot and uh you have a handle on any facebook instagram or whatnot any of that
1: yeah most of the time on facebook we're in our pdr college uh podcast community group that's a mouthful of words but uh, that's what it is there's two groups there's a, a paid group that's part of our uh, online pdr college community site and then there's the free one where everyone's just in their chit chatting. a little more high level discussion in the in the paid one but there's plenty of cool information going on in the in the in the free group i think it's perfect, there's, there's perfect. I'll, I'll put the links more, down there on there there's probably more Facebook groups in, than there should be I, yeah I agree is what
0: it is. Keith again thanks a lot man and uh, I'll pleasure. see you online man and don't work too hard dude that sounds great Mike have a All great right. night you too Keith alright there you guys have it I really really appreciate everybody who's listened and, and got a lot out of these podcasts up to now every three weeks listen out again subscribe go to denttimepdr.com go to iTunes you can download on Stitcher uh, all kinds of ways you can you can uh, listen to this podcast. Or if you're new, go catch up. And hopefully, by the time you get done listening to the 50 episodes, you will already be caught up to the uh, to the to the latest podcast that I have. All right. Hope you guys had a great Fourth of July, and hope you do have a great Fourth of July. Be safe, everybody. I'll talk to you guys next on the new podcast.